0: Welcome to Attenuation, a weekly podcast where two friends come together to drink beer, discuss beer styles and trends, and just generally ruminate on the meaning of life, aka beer. If you enjoy your time with us, we invite you to become a weekly listener and subscribe to the podcast. Without further ado, here is this week's episode.
1: Hello, and welcome to episode 91 of Attenuation, a beer podcast. My name is Jason, and I'm joined by best friend since 8th grade, Stephen.
0: Hello. How are you today, sir? I'm good. Ready to drink some strong beers.
1: (laughs) Now, is it a school night?
0: It is, actually. I'm uh, taking one for the team and picking up an extra day and working tomorrow. We have a few people off, and they asked me to work, and...
1: You're making a bad choice tonight.
0: Yeah, I'm regretting uh, saying that we should do a barley wine deep dive the night before I I work. But I figured, look, Jason works the next day, too. so
1: drink lots of water.
0: It's going to be rough on either you you or uh, you and me.
1: Yeah, exactly. What's the supplement that we took at the Beer Fest?
0: Oh, yeah, I do actually still have some of that. So maybe I'll pop a few of those after.
1: There you go. I got to get some of those. I swear they worked.
0: Liver detox supplement. Yeah.
1: All right. Cool. Well, Stephen alluded to it. We are definitely doing a barley wine deep dive. We've talked a lot about the style. I know. I was going to say, we're kind (laughs) of obsessed with the style. And now we're finally going to give it the proper treatment and do the background and history.
0: Well, plus we sort of renewed our New Year's resolution to drink more barley wines. So might as well talk about it.
1: Drink more barley wines. Okay, so speaking of drinking barley wines, we have to do our favorite segment of the podcast. That's the drinking beer segment. The way this works is I introduce my beer, give some nose notes. Steven does the same, and then we toast and do tasting notes. So I would be pretty excited about mine, except I know yours is better. But I have a pretty good ah, well, yeah. <laughs> I think
0: they're both top-tier barley wines.
1: So. Yeah, we both have pretty good barley wines. So I have Revolution Brewing Straight Jacket which is their barrel-aged, bourbon barrel-aged barley wine. So this is a 15% barrel bourbon barrel-aged barley wine. Dang. Luckily, it's a 12-ounce can. It's tiny. It can
0: That's something Revolution does very well.
1: It's really smart, because I do not want to drink more than that of this. <laughs> so it's pouring. Now, one of the things we're going to talk about later, but we kind of learned that barley wine doesn't necessarily need to be a certain color. So they can range in color wildly. But this one is a very dark, almost like mahogany wood. It's dark reddish brown. And there was like a very short burst of carbonation, kind of like Coca-Cola bubbles. And now almost all the carbonation is gone except there's an incredibly fine bubbles kind of still around the sides. Oh my gosh. This smells insane. (laughs) (laughs) Super caramel, brown sugar, bourbon, vanilla, definitely a boozy note, dark fruit, plum, maybe even a hint of cherry. I don't know if I said vanilla already, but yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of notes coming off of this nose. And I accidentally I did what I always do and forgot to take it out cuz I think letting it warm up a little will help but it's already very complex i'm excited what are you drinking today Stephen?
0: all right so as you alluded to i am drinking a, a this is an english style barley wine from bottle logic brewing in anaheim this is actually a collaboration with ritual brewing in redlands california so uh two California breweries uh, coming together to make this English style barley wine called Arcane Rituals. This is the 2022 release. Uh, it is a barley wine aged in a blend of bourbon, brandy and Vsop cognac barrels. 99 <laughs> on Beer Advocate. I think, what did you say? The third highest? The n- third or fourth? F- or I
1: think it's number four highest rated. Okay. English Oh, I can't remember if it's English yeah, or American.
0: English. Well it's English, English barley wine. wine. Yeah.
1: Yes, it's the fourth highest rated English barley wine, which we'll get into the differences later.
0: Uh twelve percent alcohol.
1: Now how big is your bottle?
0: It's pretty big. 500, oh, okay. Five hundred. Yeah,
1: million.
0: yeah, it's the okay. It's not it looked, huge, but it's it's not a seven fifty, but it's a...
1: It looks small for a second, that's why I asked.
0: Yeah, it's yeah, it's medium size. It's about a pint basically. Okay. I, I I'm using a small glass today, and that's to, uh encourage sipping.
1: <laughs> I have my smallest tulip <laughs> oh, glass. Oh, and it's you have bot-logic. a bottleneck glass. Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: Okay, so this is a very a pretty dark. Again, we're gonna talk about the colors that barley wines come in, but this is another dark one, very similar to yours, like a. Thin ring of bubbles around the edge is all the carbonation there is. But they're, they're little fine bubbles. Out of the bottle looks like syrupy for sure. <laughs> I bet. Ooh, this nose is intense. Sherry wine definitely has a Venice character to it. Behind the sort of deep malt, a kind of a chocolatey nose. Definitely some like creme brulee burnt sugar mm. crust coming off of there. Nice. Yeah, almost like a uh, like a maraschino cherry note coming off of that too on the nose. Yeah. Oof. Some sweet booze <laughs> blow, blowing, <laughs> up, blowing off of this one. Okay, cool.
1: All right, cheers, sir. Cheers. Okay, this is so good. We got to drink more barley wine. Are we getting the year off to a good start, Stephen? <laughs> so, on the entrance it's like molasses, brown sugar, develops into i'm sure you inceptioned this idea into my head but creme brulee because <laughs> it does have yeah. that like burnt yeah for sure yeah burnt sugar flavor and then it does have a little bit of the vanilla and those kind of like combine into my brain as creme brulee then there's plum cherry bourbon sweetness that vanilla and then the finish is like you do get a slight hint of the booze and I get a little bit of the cherry and it kind of combines for me as like a cherry cough syrup a tiny bit on the end there. For sure. How was and,
0: and well, do you like it?
1: Oh, yeah, of course. Thumbs way up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay.
1: it's, it's really good.
0: <laughs> awesome. OK, so mine's very good. So I would say bourbon, cherry, some like kind of wine grape with. This like strong malt backbone that gives off hints of a little bit of chocolate. I would say more chocolate was more in the nose, but the malt backbone kind of gives you this like chocolate with like a leather Mm. and a caramelized sugar, fig, toffee kind of flavors. Very syrupy, like this is surprisingly sweet drinking beer with really like little to no carbonation. The carbonation feels like it doesn't even it isn't even there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's super complex. It's good. I don't think I. I feel like I'm. I'm more of a. Not that I haven't had a whole lot of experience with these styles, but I think I'm more an American barley wine person. Okay. Because I actually I enjoy Bigfoot. I think you you don't Yeah, like we're Bigfoot gonna talk about this. So we'll kind of differ I I tend towards the hopier.
1: oh that's fascinating. I actually it makes a lot of sense to me based on our. Um, likes and dislikes yeah are you still giving it a thumbs up
0: oh yeah no it's very very good my only wish was that you were tasting this one alongside me because it is very very good like just one of those beers you can really sit with and taste something different every time and just kind of it's just a different you know it's one of those like it's not beer i mean there's plenty of well it's beer but like if you gave it to someone who had yes never had that We're bar there, expecting like a, like,
1: uh, yeah yeah
0: it's just <laughs> nothing like, like a bud
1: light or something yeah
0: yeah kind of expands the range of like what beer can be what beer yeah, is totally so very good
1: nice so two thumbs up day
0: two thumbs up all
1: right sweet so next up we have postscripts beer news and story time with steve Postscripts is when we fix things in a previous episode. Beer news is obviously self-explanatory. And then Storytime with Steve is a segment <laughs> we introduce and never really, it just, it stays, it's evergreen.
0: I just have to try, like, every week I'm thinking, what what beer experiences did I have this week? And there's always something. Yeah. Never fails.
1: We're always having beer adventures, so we like to hear about those. Okay, so Postscripts, I think we're good. We're ha- we're off to a really good 2023. Yeah, we are
0: creating near-perfect near episodes every week so far.
1: And, ma- <laughs> and making good on our promises to follow up, so <laughs> much better than 2022. So next we have beer news, and I think Stephen has a beer news for us.
0: Yeah, well, so I just... Came across this on Instagram. It's good beer hunting. We've mentioned them before. Uh, They do some really interesting articles about beer topics and stuff. But they just posted, I couldn't find the full article, but they posted some information on smoothie style and slushy style beers and their share of the market and it's basically doubled over doubled each year over the last three years till to, to about five million dollars of, of sales a year and so it's just one of those things like love it or hate it it's happening it's here and so i'll incorporate this sort of into like story time with steve and and this last week i got a tabor box a week or two ago and, okay and, and i Basically, my Tavor boxes consist of one of two things. (laughs) Either it's a smoothie sour or it's an IPA. (laughs) Okay. And so I have a bunch of these, like what are I think highly rated or at least the breweries are well known for the smoothie sours that they make. So we're talking like Drecker, Mm -hmm. Mortalis, Jay Wakefield. Anyway, I'm very snobby when it comes to my smoothie sours and I want the I want the best ones because that's always been like so I we were, we were joking in the pre-roll like it's been this weird evolution like I, I, ne- I didn't really like them at first. And then I got to this point where I was like, oh, yeah, I know I do like these. And at that point I was drinking the best ones. Yeah. And that was my goal. I was like, no, I just I want the best iteration of the style if I can like. Who's doing it the best? And then I've had like I've had an Energy City brewing uh, smoothie sour. I had one from Imprint Brewing who are well known for their smoothie sours. And I'm not liking this style again.
1: (laughs) You've gone full circle.
0: The one from Imprint was a blue raspberry cheesecake. Wait, cupcake? It was blue raspberry cupcake. It was not drinkable. Really? It was terrible that one went down the drain almost immediately sorry imprint but uh and then the energy city one was a fruit cereal smoothie sour of course no,
1: no surprise there. no
0: surprise and it really did like legitimately i posted this one to instagram it did legitimately taste like a bowl of like the after milk of
1: okay yeah
0: of uh, fruit loops
1: okay
0: it really it was it genuinely genuinely did taste like that. I still only got like halfway through it. It was really? like, okay, I get it. And that one, those ones frustrate me because it says Berlin or Weiss, like a heavily fruited Berliner or Weiss or something on the front. And I just hate that they even call it a Berliner Weiss. I just wish they would just say smoothie sour. It really does like sully the name of it.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Bistro fruit cereal.
0: Yeah. So anyway Oh, I will say another thing. There is this terrible trend on anytime someone posts a picture of a beer that they drank, where if there are, like, some bubbles on the side of the glass, Mm -hmm. people in the comments scream, dude, clean your glass before you pour the beer. Oh, geez. Apparently it's, like, the sign of a dirty glass. If you pour a beer into a dirty glass and the bubbles stick to the side. Okay. So I tend... To somewhat agree with them, although I don't go crazy in the comments like these people do. <laughs> but the smoothie sours are the one exception. It doesn't matter. You clean the glass. It doesn't matter. Whatever. You pour one of these things in there, you're going to get like stuff stuck to the side. Whether it's bubbles or it's just the like, you know, the floaties or whatever. Yeah. It does not make for a good.
1: It's impossible. picture.
0: Huh? Yeah. So don't come at me in the comments.
1: <laughs> clean because, your glass.
0: Yeah, I did. I always do,
1: but like it was full. it was perfect.
0: Smoothie sours, tough to photograph.
1: I believe it. So you're done with smoothie sours again?
0: Well, I'm not done. I have a few more left in the fridge that I need to try.
1: And so after that
0: the experiment is not done, but it's coming okay. to a close.
1: <laughs> it's coming very
0: to it, quickly. And this may coincide with the fact that like, well, for the new year, I've been you know, just trying to eat better and Mm -hmm. just kind of watch my diet and stuff. And so I haven't had I haven't been drinking a whole lot of beer in general. And I haven't been eating a lot of like sweet stuff. So I think maybe it's like shocking me to drink these smoothie sours. Like, whoa, like, it's just overwhelming, because I'm just not used to a lot of sweet stuff right now. But I do have I still have a Jay Wakefield I need to drink. I have uh uh i'm trying to think for sure i have a jay wakefield so that might be my last one but yeah these these beers are not not loving them right now
1: sorry i this is the end of your smoothie sour arc and we're at like the very beginning yep. of your bourbon barrel age style know, and yeah, barley wine arc. yeah, yeah. You're just in a new phase of your beer journey
0: i will say i think overall out of all the ones i've had i think 450 north they get a lot of crap for the beers they make because they've been pumping out these heavily fruited smoothie sours for a while and they were kind of the originals they were the ones that had the whole Is issue the ABV? with the abb yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, they were heavily fruiting them so much that the abb was not accurate but i will say i think they do it the best okay so I, in some ways i think they're really good at making like fruit smoothies are <laughs> have a little bit of alcohol <laughs>
1: hey
0: I can't say they're, like, an amazing beer brewery because it's not really what we'll they're making. They
1: alcoholic uh, Jamba Juice, yeah.
0: Yeah. But although they do have IPA, I've never had an IPA from them, so maybe one day I'll try a 450 North IPA and see how it goes. But.
1: Well, if they have a market for it and people like it, you know. Yeah. Might as well see what you're good at.
0: Yeah. This, here's the, I'm going a different direction now. But I got really excited the, today because I... There's a brewery, it's actually right down the road from Jester King, called Beerberg Brewing. Mm -hmm. And they do, they're like obsessed with using local ingredients and stuff that's like they grow and they farm themselves like right on the land. So it's actually kind of, they're very similar to Jester King in that way. But they have prickly pears growing on their land. Oh, wow. And so they harvested the prickly pears and they made an IPA, a prickly pear IPA. Ooh. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to go drink that now because prickly prickly pear is like my my new favorite adjunct other than bananas. Bananas and prickly
1: pear. (laughs) (laughs) pear. (laughs) It's near and dear to your heart.
0: Yeah. It used to be mango. Mango is my favorite adjunct. And now it's prickly pear and bananas. Nice. Bananas and stouts.
1: I know. That's mine. That's what I want to try to drink this year.
0: Oh, that's what I have. I have a banana split smoothie sour
1: oh okay
0: so from energy that's the energy city one too i think so
1: okay so maybe that one's promising
0: yeah like a little bit of banana and chocolate in there might sort of smooth it out so it's not just marshmallowy sweetness all right, <laughs> blue, marshmallow-y blue raspberry
1: <laughs> right <laughs> all right you'll have to tell us about that one when you drink it
0: oh i have another one i have another one to talk about because this is blowing my mind okay uh martin house which we've talked about them and talked about the crazy stuff they do Mm -hmm. they just they just brewed a beer called ice mare that is 25 percent alcohol it's just they just call it a imperial ale with mint and it's 25 25
1: is that even beer anymore
0: I don't, I don't know. It's what is like Utopia's a,
1: 28?
0: Something like, yeah, it's in that range. So I guess it is beer, the malt <laughs> beverage.
1: <laughs> that does I, not sound appealing to me, but. Yeah, I don't know. Frozen it, mare, huh?
0: Yeah, ice, ice mare. Ice mare, okay. Ice mare, yeah. So anyway, I just was like, <laughs> of course, of course they brewed a 25% beer with mint. <laughs> everything they do is just weird (laughs) (laughs) but if you're in the dallas fort worth area looking to get hammered
1: (laughs) check it out
0: it was really funny like i think it specifically says to share with friends and then people in the comments were like yeah but what do i get if i drink myself Uh,
1: you get a hangover That's yeah
0: (laughs) exactly free hangover
1: huh interesting
0: okay so yeah those have been my beer musings over the last week nice smoothie sour experiment
1: is not going well (laughs) are you ready to talk about barley wine yeah yeah let's stop talking about smoothie sours do you know what the tldr of barley wine is no what is it there's no such thing as barley wine (laughs) (laughs) well i will counter that actually okay
0: because there is this Greek book called uh, *Anabasis*, written by Xenophon, and in that book they describe a beer that he encountered in his journeys. And he, the words he used to describe it are *oinos krethios, which uh, a Greek translates it, it, from Greek literally to barley wine.
1: Oh, okay.
0: And it would basically, it's like someone who is just coming into contact with beer. Mm-hmm. Well, Only knows wine, the only way they know how to compare it would be to call it barley wine, wine from barley. It's like an alcoholic drink made from barley. So, okay, so maybe all beers are barley wines.
1: There you go. It's not that it doesn't exist, it's that all (laughs) beers are barley wines. Well, the only reason I say that is because, well, we'll get into it a little bit, but it's kind of an evolution of old ales. Right. And I didn't know about this individual. I always knew about Michael Jackson. He's a famous beer connoisseur. But there's another famous beer connoisseur named Martin Cornell. And he is quoted as saying, there's no historical meaningful difference between barley wines and old ales.
0: Yeah. So it is technically, well, yeah, I guess in his mind, it's a, a more of an evolution and a name thing. than a... Yes.
1: To him, it's like marketing, which we'll get into a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Which you could definitely probably see that the origination of the style has a heavy marketing component, so
0: right. But Michael Jackson,
1: yes, Michael Jackson did give it credit as a style, saying it's distinct, earthy, hoppiness with fruit and toffee flavors. And he was talking about a barley wine from Smithwick's, so two titans. <laughs> of the beer opinion industry slightly disagreeing
0: (laughs) well i like the intro to barley wines and old ales from the beer bible okay where he says old ales and barley wines are not the products of modern marketers if beer styles were people barley wines and old ales would be the bald-headed gray whiskered men in the parlor smoking pipes me and you probably is who they're talking about (laughs) 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 me balder than you though uh, they are styles that call to mind an earlier, more formal time. So no matter that, what you call them, I like the
1: <laughs> that description. Yeah. You know, what's so funny is the description on Beer Advocate, the end of the English barley wine style. And we'll get into the differences in a moment. But it says the barley wine beer style is a sipper enjoyed responsibly, stylishly, preferably <laughs> in front of a fire in a comfy chair amongst a plethora of leather bound books <laughs> so wait is this like the old man this is the old man beer of the beer yeah world.
0: look at that we're i turned 40 this year so there you go I you're guess.
1: drinking barley wines you need it all we need is get you a pipe and we just need to complain about things and yeah sip hear on hear barley wines <laughs>
0: I'll double down there's another uh, description that says is the aged grandfather of the beer world <laughs> In- intimidating at first having lived a life entire before ever coming to share your class he is bold even biting sometimes yet most of his harsh edges have been worn away by time leaving a kindly warming complex character so there you go. There
1: you go. That's that's this is, this is
0: the old, this is the grandfather in the leather chair telling stories. <laughs> that's the barley wine. There you go. That's your, that's our deep dive on bar...
1: <laughs> that's barley wines. All right. Now we'll actually do a deep dive. So <laughs> it was Bass that first marketed a beer as barley wine. And this was in 1870.
0: Yeah. But I think if you want to go like back for, even farther back, okay. Well, if you want to go back to sort of the, You know, these old ales, strong ales that we're talking about that kind of like evolved into the barley wines. Basically, what you have is these anything higher ABV and sort of in England, they would do these. uh, I think they call it party brews where you brew a beer off the malt that's high in alcohol. And then you use that same malt again and you brew like two or three more beers, each one at a lower
1: strength Mm -hmm. so
0: your barley wine is really sort of that first one your strong first cut yeah yeah exactly so it's just the history of these beers is actually kind of um like the flavors and the colors are so different because a lot of it had to do with like how can they store the beer how long does this beer last and so you have these like mild beers in england which were which mild actually meant fresh okay so they were drinking things fresh because they didn't want them to go bad and then you had the older stuff where they would heavily they put more hops in there try to preserve them and store them you know in wood barrels or something for a long time and that would be your old beer so that's your old beer old or, your, or your cask beer or your strong beers that kind of stuff so it's the stuff that could spend time and needed time really so you you, you know, you put a bunch of hops and malts in there like you have to give it time to cool off. Like you've got to give it time to for the edges to smooth out. That's um, a good
1: point. And then often they would blend. It's the old ale is also sometimes referred to as stock ale and they would serve it as a complement or even blend it with the earlier stuff to kind of newer stuff yeah. mm-hmm, to kind of dial in like a balanced and it reminds me a lot of like the Lambic style where a lot of times they'll take they have the old stuff, but then they mix it with some of the newer stuff because they want to balance between the two. So
0: yeah, that's pretty exactly. cool. So that's sort of your precursor to yeah. what we call what is called the barley wine now, which we'll talk about sort of that name coming out. But really the distinct like the style is really this like ale rooted a higher ABV put away for some time. To kind of smooth out mm-hmm. but uh you know historically a lot of these are sour right because it all depends on how much control you have over your fermentation and over your storage and stuff so right which is another reason why you would maybe blend it with something new to kind of make it so it didn't just taste like vinegar <laughs> 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 so that's yeah, really sure you're early but then uh getting to back to where jason was like
1: yeah sorry i i, I plugged this in you wanted to go back Way further in time. No, that's good. It's good. (laughs) No, you're good.
0: So early early, 1900s, right?
1: Yeah. It it says, um, at least on Wikipedia, I have 1870 bass had something called number one ale. And they called it a barley wine. And there's a really funny picture of like an advertisement for it. And guess what? It's an old man. He's like, it's snowy. (laughs) It's super snowy. He's bundled up. He's got his old man hat on. He's got a cane under his arm. And it says the best winter drink exclamation point. (laughs) Bass barley wine.
0: Yeah, it looks like a guy who'd be drinking barley wine. It looks sure.
1: like the old man, he's going to sit in front of the fire and drink his <laughs> barley wine. So that's kind of like, it's almost like a rebranding of old style, or old ale, or stock ale, because they wanted to kind of make it sound cool. So they're injecting that wine name, maybe trying to compete with actual wine. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, it had a little bit to do with sort of your France, England, right? Your...
1: Right, That rival that, you know, a lot of wars between France and England and sometimes wine wasn't necessarily available and maybe they want to make a product that competes with wine. So, yeah, there's a heavy marketing component with the barley wine style. But I think, you know, in its modern incarnation, it has definitely carved out two, not only one, but probably two spots um, because we'll kind of get into the difference between American and English barley wine.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: So, but generally, yeah, the it's a strong. So generally, it's between six and twelve percent alcohol, and it ranges in color from amber to mahogany, which I have a mahogany one today. And then you have yours is almost closer to like black.
0: Yeah, very stout like.
1: So it's pretty interesting that it almost comes in like any color. <laughs> Because I yeah. actually remember when I drank the Arctic Devil, that one was very, very like almost tan. It was very light in color. But the flavor was pretty similar, so it's kind of interesting how the color can vary. And then they're generally pretty sweet, because obviously the way you get that high ABV is having that yep. high gravity.
0: Yep. yep, And there's just always going to be residual sugars, especially depending on your fermentation. And one of the things, too, like <clears throat> when you're making a barley wine, there's it's a lot that goes into it. When you're taking a lot of, when you're putting a lot of malt, a, a lot of your, like, your mash temperature. Mm-hmm. Like if you mash at a lower temperature, you can pull off the sugars that you pull off will end up being more fermentable sugars. So that's one of the things that brewers when they're brewing a barley wine are playing with. So they're playing with what's my mash temperature? How many fermentable sugars am I pulling off versus like more complex sugars that are not going to get broken down? You know, what yeast am I using? Sometimes if you take a yeast that has come in, you, you, you take a yeast that just came off a lower gravity beer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So this is a yeast that's super happy. It was eating tons of sugars and it was eating tons of simple sugars. And then you pitch that right, take that right off of that and they, you pitch that yeast into the barley wine. It's going to do a much better job fermenting the that beer because it's happy healthy yeast because what yeast? Mm. what happens too is when you get if you put yeast into a mash that's just super 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 malty it's almost too thick for the yeast so one of the things like i said you're you pitch yeast that is very happy and it's been eating really really easily digestible sugars put that and also you Sometimes they pitch like five to six times the normal amount.
1: Oh of wow. Yeast, that's insane. Um,
0: to get a good fermentation in the barley wine because there's just so much malt and a lot of those sugars are very, very complex and hard to digest. And you'll really you'll tire out your yeast.
1: They're <laughs> so like, can't handle yeah, these complex it's just sugars. Can't eat all
0: this. Yeah. So that's the from the brew side, that's the difficulty with the barley wine because you're balancing the malt backbone and the hops and not trying to you don't want to leave so many residual sugars that it's just too sweet so anyway that's the that's sort of the, the brew side so this is not an easy style to brew i don't think mm-hmm. i think that's partially why it's not a i mean i think you looked at the number of
1: oh yeah i did a little in the pre-roll we kind of looked at you know if you look on beer advocate you can see the number of style uh beers in that style and I think English barley wine had 1,200, and American barley barley wine had 1,000. But if you look at something like Imperial IPA, there's 14,000 yeah. Imperial IPAs registered in Beer Advocate, and that doesn't even represent all of them because there's plenty of beers that just don't have enough. Don't ever, yeah, yeah, they don't make it to the, uh, re- they don't get registered in Beer Advocate, so yeah, it's, so I it, think it's um... a subset. It's definitely a, um, a very small. It's well that's kind of what I said. It's like almost like a niche craft craft beer itself is like a niche in the beer universe. And I feel like barley wine is like a niche within a niche. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, and I think obviously there's like multiple reasons for that. Obviously that IPA is just a popular style. But I think there is a component to that of just if you're a brewery, do you want to go through the trouble of making a barley wine? You know, what I right. mean? not only because they're difficult to brew and they're difficult to master, but they're
1: difficult also, to sell. <laughs>
0: right. Difficult to sell. Yeah. And it's, you know, and there's always a time commitment because as much as it, they're difficult to brew, you're also going to have to store them away
1: mm-hmm. and
0: give them some time to round out. Uh, the other thing, too, is the boils are long oh okay uh sometimes they're three to four hour boils
1: oh wow That's it's more energy more cost
0: so yeah it's a very time consuming and uh and just malt consuming right like lots of malts lots of hops and lots of time and so you just have to weigh the benefit of do you want to make a barley wine then
1: if you're gonna (laughs) barrel age it like we're both (laughs) drinking barrel aged versions it's like yeah it's adding a whole another layer of expense and time
0: yeah. And for sure, like as much as Imperial Stouts have c- certainly carved out the the big part of, you know, the highest rated beers and the the time and the com- and the, you know, the complexity uh, that that sort of beer nerds really love. Barley wine is, is a whole nother level. <laughs> I, it's actually, like the ne-
1: yeah. I feel that way so much, too. It's like it's, the <laughs> it's like, it's oh, like you like the... you
0: love Imperial Stouts. Oh, let me get Let me with one up you.
1: It's like the imperial stout drinker is to the IPA drinker what the bourbon barrel aged barley wine drinker is to the stout drinker. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like, like a, a next, whole next level. another layer of like insane complexity. But I mean, it doesn't mean one's better than the other. It's just kind of what experience yeah. are you seeking? But it is kind of crazy like the number of flavors you can pull off Like especially these bourbon barrel aged barley wines in as you let it warm up and like there's so much going, there's so much complexity in these. It's it's really fun just to sit and sip it and kind of see what you're experiencing.
0: Well, it's interesting, too, the sort of intersections of styles, because I think there are components of an imperial or a bourbon barrel aged stout in here. Mm -hmm. But like and then but in the like American version, the American barley wine versions is almost like a triple IPA. It's almost like the next step up from a triple IPA where you have the malty backbone, but heavily hopped.
1: So we should cover that. So,
0: yeah, so we'll English
1: about- barley wine is... Well, I guess it's easier to describe what the Americans did to barley wine.
0: <laughs> yeah, what the Americans did to beer in general.
1: Also anchor brewing company does not get enough credit so in 1976 they're already doing old foghorn barley wine style ale and what's funny is they actually made barley wine one word because they didn't want to have just wine on the bottle out of fear of like hitting additional regulation by trying to call it wine
0: yeah they actually did so they they split it in two words and they got pushed. oh back from, they did yeah they got pushed back from the atf and saying that they were worried that people would confuse it with wine, and so then they resubmitted it with the, just As all one word? word, and then it just flew through. It just
1: oh my gosh, that's no so problem. funny. No problem. Do you yeah. know what, Stephen? This is a postscript for you. <laughs> they should have called it. <laughs> Barley wine style.
0: <laughs> Barley wine style.
1: <laughs> you just add style to the end. We should try to figure out as the postscript who is the first beer company to just add style to the end because you can literally mm-hmm. copy anything you want as long as you just say style at the end or inspired by. Yeah. It's pretty funny. I,
0: say, I guarantee it's probably a Colesher, just because they're like one of the geographically locked. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Col style. It's Coles
1: style. We're not using... We're, it's inspired by. It's not you. Know. Yeah. So anyways, nineteen seventy six Anchor Brewing Company makes Old Foghorn, which is my which I've cited as my the gateway to barley wine. And then nineteen eighty three, Sierra Nevada releases Bigfoot. But what they did.
0: Wait, what year was Bigfoot?
1: Bigfoot was 1983. Okay, So Anchor was way ahead. Anchor is ahead on everything. It's pretty impressive. But yeah, they added a bunch of hops. So much like Sierra Nevada with their pale ale, which was like way hoppier than anyone really wanted. (laughs) uh when it first came out they kind of gave the same treatment to barley wine we're like okay cool you guys are doing a cool thing what if we just dump like a massive amount of hops into that which is funny because i didn't even i knew there was two different styles of barley wine but i didn't really understand the distinction until we started researching for this episode and this is where the difference between our tastes i think does arise because i've liked old foghorn but I tend to the few times I drink it I got a couple and then I drink one right away and then I let one kind of sit in my fridge for like a year and they and that what happens is when you let that style age you lose some of those you know the hot flavors are kind of delicate and they break down over time that's why you got you're supposed to drink IPs fresh so by aging American barley wine I kind of turned to aim to English barley wine <laughs> Because it's, yeah, over time, sure. the influence of the hops is getting downplayed, downplayed, downplayed. Whereas the, you know, those English barley wines don't have that massive hop profile. So, kind of interesting. So, yeah, so the the American barley wine is generally much hoppier and more bitter because they're adding a lot more hops to the brew.
0: Yeah, and I think I prefer that.
1: And you think you like that, yeah. Which is yeah. interesting because I think between the two of us, maybe, I think I like the maybe slightly more sweeter less hoppy stuff and you like the hoppier stuff so
0: i'll have to get a bigfoot from this year and try it
1: what we really got to do is and we should try to do it this year is we need to do a barley wine uh english versus american where you taste like taste like a bigfoot side by side with like whatever the equivalent of like the english barley wine is that's you know like pretty readily available and Mm -hmm. uh Just a good example of the style and try that against either Bigfoot or Old Foghorn. It'd be really fun.
0: Yeah, for sure. So I think what's interesting, too, is that, you know, we were talking a little bit about how this is sort of like your the next level up from Imperial Stouts. But like even Imperial Stouts have been kind of taken over by this, like the bourbon barrel aged portion of them, right? So... They're like the fancy stouts and the ones you age, and it's kind of happened with barley wines too. Like mm. there's not a there's not a lot of like you know like old foghorn. Like those are just straight barley, you know like right. They don't have
1: any special treatment.
0: Yeah, and so the ones that are like rising to the top of like beer advocate at least are the ones that are. <laughs> Heavily, heavily barrel aged and stuff so yeah uh, I think it would be interesting to kind of go back like dial it back and see some like basic versions like what's a what is a basic English barley wine what is a basic American barley wine sort mm-hmm. of taste like and how does how does those come out so if you're if you want to dabble in the barley wine world try really try to get an old foghorn.
1: <laughs> yeah we need to figure out what the um English barley wine equivalent is too old foghorn
0: but i mean even old foghorn technically is the first american barley wine yeah but they still claim it as an english barley wine
1: <laughs> oh interesting okay
0: they try to follow the methods of english so it probably is just a really good entryway into that style
1: so it kind of you saying it's kind of like a gateway to both sides mm-hmm mm, see i was right before i even knew what i was talking about yeah i just got lucky a broken <laughs> clock is right twice a day
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so i think um i don't know is there anything else you want to say about barley wines
1: um no just that you know it's cool i didn't know the distinction between the two i do think um old, uh, bigfoot is quite bitter and that mm-hmm. makes sense because they're hopping a lot so i kind of now understanding the, the difference it's going to help me kind of explore i might uh lean more heavily to the english side but.
0: Um, one of the fun things, they used to come in these seven or eight ounce bottles called nips. Okay. So you would get a nip of barley wine, uh, and that was a small, basically a one serving, because they were higher ABV.
1: Yeah, makes normal. sense. Normal.
0: So it was very commonly a sort of after dinner drink because these beers are also overwhelming mm-hmm. to any food, right? So, oh, yeah.
1: You wouldn't want to pair it with something. Yeah.
0: So mostly they're like dessert beers uh after dinner uh digestifs or something whatever they call those and yeah you they used to come so old foghorn actually used to come in these little nip bottles i don't think they do it anymore but
1: oh that's really cool
0: yeah i i think uh, i'm excited about this resolution to drink more of these of course we go to the like the (laughs) <laughs> we just immediately go to the top level, barely, just cognac barely <laughs>
1: uh-huh, the old man drink the old man smoking the cigar drink.
0: We should both be drinking old foghorns right now. I know we should,
1: but that's uh, okay. It just yeah. gives us something else to kind of explore um this year, which is fun.
0: you know what I'm really getting right now, which I don't know if I mentioned is uh raisin,
1: oh, okay, kind of every time I, like
0: yeah, as I finish, it just feels like I Ate a bunch of raisins,
1: mm, interesting.
0: That's the taste that lingers,
1: so. super cool. I'll have to try to get my hands and then was that do you know if that was like a one off then or uh no, I think they always they make re- it. okay, I think they make it, it every year. It, no it's kinda cool. It's a collaboration that they make every year. I like that, yeah, I think so, huh, that is really cool, yeah, it says active, so looks like they continuously make it. huh, very cool. I'll try to get my hands on uh, arcane rituals it has a very cool name too. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, what, did we kind of dive into the barley wine universe? I think we did. We learned a lot. At least I did. Uh,
0: the styles that they recommend in the beer Bible
1: mm-hmm.
0: are uh, Goose Island makes one called King Henry. Okay. I don't know if they still make it, but uh, there's another one called... The one from England is called Harvest Ale, J.W. Lee's Harvest Ale.
1: Oh, okay cool maybe that's that's so maybe that maybe might that's be the perfect one of... to pair pair that with Bigfoot and then you'll get the American and the English yeah
0: and then yeah, the the Goose Island King Henry sort of a hybrid they call it where it's more more hopped than a normal English barley wine so
1: oh that'd be a good one to try too yeah for sure kind of straddle the difference All right, cool. Well, um, I think we'll we'll call that an episode. So this is Attenuation of Beer Podcast. You can reach out to us at attenuation.podcast on Instagram or email us at contact.attenuation at gmail.com. This has been episode 91 of Attenuation of Beer Podcast. My name is Jason, and I'm joined by my best friend since eighth grade, Stephen. That's me. And we are saying cheers from our uh, seats in front of the fire with our... uh, (laughs) surrounded by leather-bound books
0: and our cigars
1: and we'll see you next week
0: all right cheers buddy
1: cheers thanks for listening to this week's episode of attenuation of Beer podcast don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on instagram or facebook for more fun content catch you next week cheers